Welcome back, Bolt Fam. Episode number five zero. Episode number fifty of Chargers Powder Hour. Colin Appel and Miles Baruka here. We are your co-host. How is it going, my man? Started from the bottom. Now we're here, baby. Episode it's five. crazy, dude. It does not feel like we recorded. It. it does not feel like we've recorded fifty episodes, but shit, here we it are. It really doesn't. Uh, we started this back what in uh, I think we started recording in April. Yeah, I think later in April. Yeah, and shit, here we are. We've done it pretty much. There's maybe a week or two that we didn't record, but other than that, it's been once or twice a week. So mostly twice a week. So. Yeah. yeah, good shit, man. I'm I'm doing good, man. It's I'm jealous of our listeners from Southern California right now. It is cold as balls here in Nebraska. Um, it's like 20 degrees outside. Wind is whipping, and I actually am gonna go to the Husker game this weekend. Probably will Oof. regret it because it is going to be freezing. But I've, I I go to a Wisconsin? game every single year, and I haven't been to one yet. It's the last home game, so I'm gonna make myself go. I got offered free tickets, so I didn't say no, but. Nice. Yeah, it is cold as hell here in the Midwest, though. Um, probably yeah. not, not as cold also, as Buffalo. Though. Buffalo, six feet of snow. That'd be fun to play. Dude, I'm kind of pissed to that, that game, though. Yeah, that would have been – dude, six feet is, like, that's that's way too much. Like, I, mean, I don't – even the, the snow game from a few years ago with, like, LaShawn McCoy and, and all that, like, that wasn't even – like, six feet is, like, three times that amount. Yeah. Like it, it's not, it's just not, there's no way. So yeah, that that's crazy. Um, dude. Yeah. Another reason why I'm glad that this chiefs game that we're about to dive into here uh, is in LA and that the, the late game is not in Kansas city this year, because like, I know that this team is from Southern California and that doesn't mean that the players on the roster haven't grown up elsewhere playing in the cold. But it just, I I always like to like limit the amount of cold games late in the year that can have an effect on the game. So uh, I, I was glad when the schedule came out to see that the Chiefs, it was at Kansas City uh, the first go around, which means you usually get pretty pretty nice weather, and um, that this this go around is in LA. So just another reason to be thankful for that. And due to the fact that we definitely probably would have went to the game and then froze our balls off. So, right. yeah, very thankful for that, for sure. But, hey, Justin Herbert is 1-0 in Arrowhead in the month of December. So, I mean. <laughs> sound like one of those, like, ESPN stats. Like, yeah, LeBron Herbert is, his player when he's wearing too. green underwear and yeah. eats Lucky Charms for breakfast, he's <laughs> – Justin Herbert's the first player to throw for two touchdowns after a full moon on the second Sunday of the month or some shit like that. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's, that's a good point that I didn't even take into account is obviously you're going to be more comfortable playing at home in warmer weather, obviously inside now, but uh, yeah, that's definitely taking them out of Arrowhead fucking hate playing in that place. But Hey, I mean, I know you and I have both had some good times in Arrowhead, so it is what it is. But we caught our game there earlier this year, and now it's time for them to come to Southern Southern Cali. So, yeah, man, another primetime game, which should be fun. 
hopefully this this go about is a little different than last week, but um, can't be mad about another primetime game. Yeah, no, I gotta love gotta love primetime, uh, especially. I mean, Justin Herbert might be getting some weapons back this week. Sounds like it. So I think I think I think everyone tuning into that game is going to be in for a for a treat for sure. Yes, yes, man. I that and we'll get into all that here in a sec. But yeah, that's that's the the positive news, kind of the the silver lining um, this week and. Things are trending in the right direction for a few guys that we'll talk about here real real quick like. But um yeah, man, that's it's shaping up to be another good game. Uh the Chiefs are a little banged up as well. You know, at the end of the day, it's still Mahomes and Herbert. That always makes for primetime TV. So I'm excited. It's hopefully look, I think, you know, we'll get into the predictions here in a few minutes, but I think it's going to be pretty similar to last week and, or the last time these two teams met. And I think there's going to be one play sometime in the second half that, that just kind of alters the game for, for, for a team and it ends up being the difference. So we'll see how it goes, but I am pumped. Yeah, for sure, man. But uh, before we get into the game, episode 50, um, we had to do it. We brought back we brought back an icebreaker. It's been a while since we've done icebreakers. We just really we love doing them, but we just kind of run out of things to say. But um, thought of a good one tonight. So, real quick, what are you drinking? And what is your favorite piece of Chargers memorabilia that you own? Great questions, man. First off, I am sipping on a Sam Adams Winter Lager. Uh, 5.6%, 22 IBUs. Pretty good. I don't think I've, I've had their variety pack, and I think they had a different, at least this has a different label than the other winter beer that I had. So it's it's good. Um, that's what I'm sipping on. And my favorite piece of Chargers memorabilia, this was a, no, a no-brainer for me. A couple of years ago when I went to the Niners and Chargers game at StubHub, me and my dad were walking around the stadium checking things out and they had this like little pop-up like memorabilia vendor, I guess you can call it, and autographed everything from Charger Legends, from uh, Charlie Joyner to uh, Dan Fouts to... Juniors, like not junior say out, but uh, just other big Charger legends. I think Lance All- Allworth had a few items in there as well. And what caught my eye was this autographed Dan Fouts jersey. Um, I think I'm trying to think off the top of my head. It was it was their the jerseys that were like that would be most similar to our color rush jerseys. It's kind of that era, like early '80s. I'd want to say, um, so got his number on the back 14 with his autograph and it's framed. It's in a really nice frame and it has the, uh, the authentic authenticity sticker on the back. So I think it has a picture of him signing it too. Um, so it definitely cost me a few bucks. I, I split it with my dad. So 
I won't say how much, but it was a pretty penny. But yeah, man, that's that's my favorite piece. I've already told my dad. I was like, like I don't care what I get in the will, but that's like that's one thing that uh, that's got to be on there. Yeah, that 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 would look good in a man cave. It would definitely be like a great background for the podcast studio, something along those lines. So it would, it would. Yeah, my my room at my dad's is like a shrine to everything Chargers and Padres. So a lot of stuff I just eventually just end up bringing from there to my place. So it's inevitable, man. But yeah, that's that's my piece. What about uh, what about yourself? So to start off with the drink crispy right there um i'm back brought this out last week i got the shame pit champagne the champagne the shame holy shit the champagne <laughs> of beers medic medic please the champagne holy fuck dude champagne dude <laughs> champagne of beers miller high life um last week <laughs> half of it went on my keyboard we're gonna prevent that from happening this time around uh, but yeah, I'm just drinking a Miller High Life. I haven't gone on an alcohol run in over a week. Um, trying to cut down a little bit, but you know that's just kind of how the weekends go when you're 21 and in college. But so yeah, I dug this out of the out of the fridge, Miller High Life. That's pretty much what I'm sipping on tonight. Something slight. Something slight for sure. Ooh, that does. Wow, that tastes really good though. That first sip really got me going, but. My favorite Chargers memorabilia, I honestly, for being a 21-year-old, I have quite a lot of memorabilia. I remember one of my first Christmas presents I ever asked for after becoming a Chargers fan was a Philip Rivers signed football. But I actually have mm. three Philip Rivers autographs. One is on just like a youth jersey, one's on a football. But I think my favorite piece is um, the year I met him – in 2018, when I met him and a lot of the team in Kansas City, I've told that story before, but I had like a, it's like an old San Diego Chargers, like big flag with a big white Chargers helmet on it. And I got that signed by uh, Philip, Keenan Allen, Joey Bosa, um, who else signed it? Desmond King, Derwin James, and then dudes like Michael Badgley, Trent Scott, um, hmm. Drew, uh, no, not Drew Tranquil, um, I do have a Drew Tranquil autograph as well. But yeah, there's like 12 different signatures on that flag. I just can't remember who's all on there, but like a lot of big names. Hunter Henry's on there. Um, so I think that would have to be my favorite piece of memorabilia. I had that flag hanging in my room forever and I just hung it right back up where it was. But this time it's got a bunch of Sharpie all over it from getting those autographs. So I'd have to say that because that, that was also just reflective. That was also the same game that we won on the two point conversion to Mike Williams, Mike Williams, the chief killer that we'll have to get into here in a bit. But I would have to say that would be one of my favorites. I also have a, I just got my helmet signed this year in Kansas city by Zion Johnson. I'm looking at it right now. So that was pretty cool, but I would, I would have to go with the flag just because of how many big notable names are on there. There is currently, I'm looking at a Keenan Allen signed game jersey from earlier in this year on NFL auction. It's only 200 bucks right now. Really? But there's still like nine days left on it. So, because I also saw Derwin one and it was already at like 3,000, but I think it only had a few days left on it. I gotcha. That's cool though. I think once I uh, am, am wealthy, 
That would be that would be a sweet present. No. Just a surprise one with like a, a game day like signed jersey like Derwin James and have it like framed and everything. That'd be sick. Now you're making me go and now I'm gonna be so searching through this. I saw so. I saw Jerry Tillery. Uh, I, I, look, now that he's no longer on this roster, I think we can call him by his name. Um, which honestly is kind of sad because referring to him as number 99 was was a lot of fun. But okay. I did see his jersey on there. I'm looking at it right now. As well. 300 bucks, dude, for a Jerry Tillery signed game used jersey. Jeez. There's a signed Charlie Joyner helmet for 200. We're looking at the exact same thing. We got an Eric Weddle signed jersey on here. Yeah. That's cool. That's a that's a cool rabbit hole to go to go down. But um all right, man. Let's let's jump into this matchup. Chargers Chiefs Sunday night football second week in a row for the Chargers huge game for the division implications if the Chiefs win it's pretty much all but over if the Chargers win it is still very much alive um, still some more climbing to do but this is nonetheless a huge 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 game for playoff implications for this squad uh Let's start with the injury report because I think the injury report and and the keys to the game section could basically be the same segment tonight, (laughs) this week, Um, because it really is. I mean, one of the biggest keys, without a doubt, is just going to be who is going to be on the field come Sunday night. Is Justin Herbert finally going to have some of his weapons back? Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Gerald Everett, Donald Parham. There's a slew of guys um, that can make a big difference in this offense and in the outcome of this game. So uh, pulling up the injury report, which I need to pull it back up, but, uh, and you can start us off here, man. Just what's the biggest uh, injury that, I mean, you're keeping an eye on. I know there's a a couple big ones, but um, what would you say is the most noticeable for you? Yeah, I did the same thing. I got to pull mine back up as well, but okay. I got it up here now. It's got to be Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, um, especially speaking from our side. There's a few guys on the Chiefs side to keep an eye on, but not really any massive names on the Chiefs side. Um, but yeah, it's got to be it's got to be getting Herbie his weapons back. You know, I, I honestly think that there's a good chance that both of them could go Sunday night, and an even better chance of at least one of the two. And that's just one more weapon for him to throw to. You know, we're not going to be we're not going to be throwing to Michael Bandy or, you know, we're not going to be getting Joshua Palmer 14 targets a game anymore. So I think especially, especially Mike Williams, honestly, because we, we seen Mike Williams career against the chiefs like that dude, just something about something about that arrowhead on the helmet or the red on the yellow on the white just gets that dude going. Cause I swear to God, I couldn't tell you the last time that Mike Williams had a dud of a game against Kansas City. So the chief killer. The chief killer, exactly. So it's it's gotta be Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. I think the whole fan base could agree on that. But another another big name to keep an eye on, I think, is probably Gerald Everett. Um, just considering the fact that literally Parham still on IR probably won't be is it next week he'll come back? Is he able to come back next week? Not sure. I think it is because I think that was before or that was during the bye, and that would be – I don't know. But so Gerald Everett definitely just another target for Justin to throw to. Um, 
I'm definitely more comfortable. Let's say Trey Pipkins doesn't go. That's another big name on the list, but I'm a, I I, I yeah. like I didn't mind what I saw out of Foster Sorrell last week, and that was against the 49ers defensive front that might be the best in the league. So, you know, if Foster yeah, no, that was... up with those Chiefs defensive ends, I'm I'm a lot more comfortable with that. So, yeah, especially yeah, Gerald Everett's big for me as well, just because we saw what Trey Machete did last week, and we don't want to replicate that this week. So. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you brought up the Trey Pipians because I think that was that would have been on on the top or towards the top of my list for me for for most noticeable injuries. I mean, obviously Keenan and Mike, but um, I think Trey Pipkins is definitely you know if he's out there, it's it's a it's a better version of of this offense and this offensive line. Um, but you are right. I mean, Foster Sorrell did a great job filling in last week. I mean, he's a rookie. Uh, Jamari Sawyer's a rookie, so I mean Sawyer's kind of a little bit more proven. We've seen uh, a little bit larger sample size from him, but I think the Chargers, you know, might have found two diamonds in the rough um, in this in this rookie class on the offensive line, which is really exciting when you when you think about uh, the line going forward. You know, so that's exciting. But uh, I hope Pipkins is able to to get out there. Um, worst case scenario, look, I think if it's even close, questionable, I wouldn't hate sitting him one more week just because of Foster Sorrell's performance last week. I think, you know, had he gone out there and looked like Storm Norton, then you probably, you know, if it's 50-50, you got to throw Pipkins out there. Um, but like you said, I mean, this is, this defensive front is nowhere near the defensive front that they faced last week. So, you know, you'd like to think that Sorrell with a game under his, his belt now um, can can play just as, as good, if not better, um, and maybe give Pipkins an extra week if needed to really get that knee right and um, make a strong push down the stretch. So that's that's one that I'm really keeping an eye on. The other one is for me is uh, Chris Rumpf. Yeah. You know, getting getting some depth back on that that defensive front, um, especially at edge. You know, I think uh, what was it? Brandon Staley came out yesterday or today, and because you know they're in the in the past couple of days, it was kind of there. Were, I, I was starting to see more and more um, murmurs on on social media of you know is Joey Bosa coming back? What what's his status? And Brandon Staley kind of halted those. Uh, by saying, you know, like, I think he's still a couple weeks and, um, you know, he's still got to come off IR. So I don't think we're as close to seeing Bosa back, but if we can get Rumpf back, that's a big boost uh, because that allows guys like Kyle Van Noy to, to be a little bit more versatile. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good point. I kind of, when I was looking at the injury report, I kind of just skimmed over his name, but yeah, honestly, especially if, you know, we get Khalil and then if we can get Rump back on that other side, uh, that, that is, that would be massive for us for sure. Um, any other names on the injury report that are a little bit concerning, uh, JK Scott, a little bit concerning. I would, I would think, you know, that's just, but his is just kind of an illness. Uh, are you, are you really concerned though? Because I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm really not. But you still like, like to see like, not participates back to back days. But I mean, if there's a, if like we've already had multiple reasons to be concerned of a special teams injury this season, and it's 
the actual special teams position that really matters. I mean, I'm not saying that punting doesn't matter because field position can definitely dictate games, but I'd be a lot more in like also a side note on this. How I mean, how injured does Dustin Hopkins have to be until he just loses his job to Dicker the kicker? Uh, I would think pretty injured, just considering you know we've seen like, things out of Cameron Dicker, but like we haven't even seen him attempt a field goal. Let's just say five. if a couple more weeks goes by, it's like two more weeks because like he's he's dealing with a, a hamstring injury, and we know how tricky those can be, uh, especially this season. Uh, let's say he misses a couple more weeks, Dicker hasn't missed yet and he's just you know the storyline he's he's uh you know just a good guy to cheer for who's to say they don't go down the stretch and just stick with the hot hand or the hot hot leg i should say but that's a storyline for another day i just wanted to get your take on that real quick yeah i mean that's there's definitely a possibility but if you you really think about it like dicker hasn't really attempted many field goals over like no, he hasn't. He hasn't been tested really. I mean, has had a game winner, wasn't like at a crazy distance, but I mean, still a big moment. Clutch game um, for sure. Still, yeah, still came up clutch, so that's worth something. But um, no, with J.K. Scott, man, um, look, that's like I said, I would be more concerned if it was the kicker, and we've already experienced that. So the fact that it's a punter, like if he's not able to go, I I really don't think that has much of an outcome no. on this game no, at all. So it definitely doesn't. I shouldn't. It's not necessarily like a concerning injury, but it's definitely someone that's notable. Um, but yeah, um, and it's an illness too, which makes me believe like he he could he could honestly go do not practice again tomorrow. Um, yeah, maybe feels better on Saturday than is is a go. You know, so uh, it, I, it depends on the illness. We don't know that, but. Um, if it's like a 48 hour thing or 72 hour thing, you'd like to think that he can at least, you know, suit up and if needed, boot the ball a few times. I mean, shit, Jordan played a whole goddamn game and, and had the flu. So come on, J.K. Scott. J.K. Scott is Jordan confirmed. But um, other notable name really on the list, uh, DeAndre Carter limited both Wednesday, Thursday with ribs. I don't really think it's anything too serious. Um, I would still expect to see DeAndre Carter out there. He's obviously been somewhat of a pretty valuable piece to us this year. But, hey, man, if we have to trade DeAndre Carter and get Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back, I mean, that's night and day. So, again, nothing that I'm, like, overly concerned about. Take that, take that trade. Yeah, 100%. Every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Yep, exactly. So then other than yeah, that, uh, real quick. Just skimming through the Chiefs uh, injury report. Obviously, I think the big news today, um, this afternoon, Nicole Hardman being placed on IR. So we will not see him this week. Um, other players in doubt of, or doubtful of playing. Um, cornerback Chris Lammons uh, suffered a concussion last week. He hasn't practiced yet this week. He's not trending in a positive direction. So um, from what I've read, he's he's a big presence on their special teams. So he might uh, have more of an impact on that than the actual defense itself. But uh, that is one to keep an eye on. Um, Other one, Juju Smith-Schuster. I think most people saw that hit that he took on Sunday. It was a kind of a controversial call, but uh, no flag thrown. 
got his lights knocked out and still hasn't practiced this week. So doubt we see him. Other than that, I think pretty much everyone else on that is on the report should play. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, hamstring and a shoulder. Isaiah Pacheco, quad. Legereus Sneed, knee. Valdez Scantling, um, dealing with an illness this week as well. And then their tackle, Andrew Wiley, with an elbow. Yeah, I I, th- I honestly, you know, that Mikko Hardman news is big. He's he's a big-time target for them. And then I would not expect to see Juju come Sunday night. Just, you know, new league concussion protocols. You know, we saw what happened with Tua earlier this year. Like you mentioned, we all saw the hit. I would be surprised if Juju was a go this weekend. So there's just two less people for Patrick Mahomes to target. Um, which I think bodes well for us. You know, we gain two targets, they lose two targets, soul for a soul. So, yeah, I, I agree. Well, let's let's move on to to keys of the game, and um, injuries are definitely going to be a key. I, I think more so for the Chargers than the Chiefs, but Chiefs are still dealing with a couple lingering issues, but. Uh, Major keys to the game, uh, actual you know offense defensive keys that uh, can lead to being the difference in the game. For me, I'll go ahead and start. Uh, I think for me, the, the one that jumped out to me when I was looking at this matchup is now this is with the assumption that Keenan and Mike will be back on Sunday night. So I am kind of assuming that, given that the information that's come out this week, so. Um, it's definitely going to be taking advantage of this okay to subpar defense. You know, I think this is a defense that you're able to do that too. I, I think, you know, last week getting 16 points in the first half was really positive, but then we just got totally shut out in the second half. Um, and it, it kind of makes sense. It's just like the law of averages, right? Like, when you play a tough defense, like, you know, that's – it just – no matter how you boil it down, it always ends up being um, a low, lower-scoring game. So looking at this Chiefs defense, I think this is a game where with Justin getting Mike and Keenan back, and I'm assuming that Gerald Everett's going to be back, um, get some rhythm going on offense and put up some points even if it's three points, you know, uh, finish every drive with, with at least three or uh, six, you know, and just put up points on this defense and, and put the pressure on their offense to, to keep up. So that that's the first key for me. Um, the next one is this defense and takeaways, 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 doesn't have to be, I think from what we've seen in these matchups, they don't necessarily have to get three takeaways. It's not the quantity, it's the the quality. So, you know, a back-breaking takeaway in the fourth quarter that puts it on ice or that completely just alters the game, right? Um, we've seen We've seen this defense get like three turnovers in the first half, and it's great because the momentum's there. But then they come out in the second half, and they don't get any. And it's it's like sometimes it's it's more so the timing of the takeaway than the, the takeaway itself. Um, so it, it would just be great to see this defense 
um, get a big stop when they really need it. It could even be, you know, the Chiefs putting together just a, a dominant drive. They get down to the 12-yard line and fumble. That just completely, you know, they get they end up with zero points. So uh, it's going to be, I'll just say takeaways or take a, big big takeaways, and then that's it. Those are just my two keys. I don't have a third. I mean, I, I guess my third would just be injuries themselves, you know. Um, again, I'm assuming that those big names will be out there, but if they're not, that's obviously a key. I mean, if they roll out the offense they had last week, I really don't think there's a shot in hell that they they can win. Yeah, that's you can just use that as your takeaway for the entire season, pretty much. Because yeah, no, I 100% agree. There's not if we roll out that offense that we had last week, I think we're losing by double digits. To be quite honest with you, just because you know that's going to be a potent offense on the other side. I think our defense can do things to slow it down, but if we can't score enough points to keep up with Patrick Mahomes, we're fucked. Or basically fucked. That's the only way that you can really put it. Um, but yeah, I, I like those keys a lot. Um, definitely, definitely. I was low key, maybe just writing mine down as you were speaking. So you gave me some ideas. Because um, I always forget to do it until the last minute. But uh, <laughs> so I'm actually going to start with the defensive side of the ball for my first one. And that basically is the key for anyone that's playing the Chiefs is you got to contain Travis Kelsey and you got to contain Patrick Mahomes. I put them together as one. Basically, Kelsey, we have this guy on our team. He wears the number three, known as the tight end eliminator. Travis Kelsey seems to struggle against him. His name's Derwin James. Don't know if you guys have heard of him or not, but he is just basically a Swiss army knife of a defensive player. Um, He can do really anything. I think he's lined up at like eight different defensive positions this year. He can come off the line. He can play linebacker, he can play safety, he can play corner, but he's just the kind of dude that he has the ability to absolutely shut down Travis Kelsey. And we've seen him do it before in the past. I remember that game last year in L.A. I think Travis Kelsey had like two receptions for like 15 yards in the first half. Derwin James didn't come back out for the second half, and he finished with like eight for like 120 and the game-winning touchdown. So guy like that on the field is going to be dangerous. And the same goes for Mahomes is if we can keep Mahomes in the pocket, he's not going to have time. He's going to, he's going to get skittish. He's going to make some bad throws and hopefully we can take advantage of that. We saw that in our first win last year, Um, you know, and once he gets out of the pocket, he might be the most dangerous dude in the league to play against. Cause when you give him too much time, his weapons are going to get open um, and, that's just that's how you get fucked against the Chiefs is if Patrick Mahomes just uses his legs on you even um, rolling out of the pocket and finding open guys. So making sure we get pressure extending on. extending plays. Yeah, exactly. that's I mean I think that's something that you know a lot of uh, commentators and analysts talk about a lot is you know just his ability to extend the play even one second two seconds. What does that do? Well, you know that allows his receivers to basically play backyard football and and just get open. And he's so good at reading his receivers and and throwing them open. And uh, it's hard as a defender to play defense for 15 seconds. (laughs) It's hard to cover for a long time. So any extra second that he buys uh, and yeah, I've heard commentators also say that like coaches tell the players 
Like you have to play until the whistle every snap against this guy because there's just so much improv. That's what makes Patrick Mahomes great. So yeah, that's that's a great point. Yeah, and then that's that's why I'm really happy that you touched on Chris Rumpf coming back. That's just that's another body. That's another talented body that we drafted, and he was a fourth round pick, correct? Yeah, fourth round, another guy um, that can do some damage. Hopefully, this is definitely if he comes back in, this is a game that he can definitely step up in and help us help us win by containing Mahomes. Um, and then my my second and third key go back over to the offensive side of the ball. Offensively, first down play calling, what the fuck are we doing? Um, I put first down play calling and run game into the same one because, you know, first down running, I, I'm sure Popper has a stat or someone has a stat on how many times we just run the ball on first down and put ourselves in second and eights and then maybe get four on second down and then we're stuck with the third down. You know, we, we got to remain ahead of the sticks. Um, our play calling gets predictable as we go down the line, you know, thanks to Joe Lombardi and – First down play calling, if you get screwed on first down, you're only picking up a yard on first down, you know, that's not great. And then, you know, we got to establish that run game Expect on first downs too. Like we got to make sure, especially against a more vulnerable front seven, like the Chiefs instead of the Niners, we got to make sure that, you know, we're getting Austin Eckler out into space or even just using him as like a little gadget, deking him. And then, fuck, dude, Austin Eckler might have like 12 receptions this game. And honestly, like, a lot of times you don't love it when your quarterback's just dumping off to the running back, but against a weaker front seven and a guy like Austin Eckler with the ball in his hands, he can do a lot of damage there. I don't the runs the Chiefs run defense is nothing to be scared of. Nick Bolton's a good player, Chris Jones is a good player, um, Willie Gay is a decent player, but like I mean, they're not Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, or anybody that we saw last week. So I think uh, if we can establish, basically what I'm trying to say is establish the run game until we can't establish it anymore. You know, like get away from it if it's not working. Get away from first down runs if they're not working. Get away from, don't throw an incompletion on first down and then run it on second and 10 and get three yards and put yourself in the third and seven. Got to stay ahead of the sticks for sure. Because, you know, we we have been, yeah, that's good that point. it's behind the sticks. That has been gotten behind the sticks a lot the last few weeks this season really and really just something we got to avoid and then my third and final key offensively I literally just wrote down Keenan and Mike Williams you know I personally I think that they both will play will they be on snap counts I don't know but I mean I've been seeing the videos on Twitter they look like they're moving around really well at practice um and even if they are on snap counts let's say like 50% 50% of the time Mike Will is in the game, 50% of the time Keenan Allen's in the game, you know, like one of them is going to be out there 95% of the time. So just using those weapons, getting Justin Herbert, finally people to throw to other than literal Uber drivers uh, will definitely be very beneficial towards our success. And we already spoke on it. We know what Mike Williams does to these guys. So let's hope that I know, I know he's in all my, I starting him in every fantasy league I have because he, is unsittable against the Chiefs. I mean, he just – he goes crazy, man. There's nothing else you can say about it. Yeah, man. The Chief killer. That That's a, that's probably worthy fantasy football advice right there. Just throw him in your lineup since it's the Chiefs. But, uh, yeah, that's good. that's a good point. I don't know if they'll be on pitch counts. Um, but I do know another big reason why it's so – it would be so huge to have – Mike Williams back and we talked about it on the uh, 
Arrowhead Chiefs podcast the other night uh, when the, the guys had me on. And um, there's not a lot of big corner. I mean, all the cornerbacks on that roster for the Chiefs are pretty small. And so to be able to have that mismatch of a body like Mike Williams on a smaller corner, especially down in the red zone or just down the field in any part, um, that's a, a matchup you'd like to have in your favor. So, um, yeah, things are training well. I'm really excited to to see uh, Mike and Keenan out there come, come Sunday. Yeah, I mean, think about how many games – Shit, if we if those two stay healthy for the whole year, dude, we, I mean, we win that game last week against San Fran, I think, in my mind, and we're probably looking at two or three more wins with those dudes out there. It's just it's just a fact. It all it all comes together with first down play calling, running the ball, getting behind the sticks. Then we get behind the sticks, and then we're throwing to Michael Bandy and you know Trey McKitty, and it's like that's if we're gonna get behind the sticks, let's at least have. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams to throw to. So it is yeah. what it is, though. Focus on this week. Forget about the past. Here we are. So that's right, man. Moving on to bold takes. We both missed out again last week on the bold takes. I, my bold take was, well, did you hit yours? I know I didn't hit mine. No, I had, um, I, had, I think I, I said three turnovers. Yeah, I predicted 120 rushing yards on the ground for the Chargers. Not even close. They didn't even get half of that. They ended up with 51. So nowhere even close. But, hey, that's that's why they're called bold takes, right? Um, if it's not if it's not bold, it's got to be it's got to be bold enough, right? You can't just throw out any take. So I don't mind going out there and doing that, but. Give me your bold take for this matchup Sunday night. I want you to go first because I have two. Oh, I have you. two in mind, and I just want to see if you'll take one of them. Oh, okay, okay. Um, my bold take for Sunday night is going to be oh, crickets. Three hundred and fifty. 350 plus passing yards for Justin Herbert. That was one of mine. Uh, to, to, the and, exact, to the exact number. Really? Okay. Yeah. I almost said 400 there, but also it would just be nice to see him go for 350. We need a three, maybe 380. We need a 350 game from Justin. Um, and I will say to add to that, I'll say three touchdowns too, because if you're throwing, if you're already going to throw for 350, you might as well get hot and, and have some playmakers make some plays and have three of those balls be be scores. So, yeah, 350 and three TDs for my boy Herbert because he needs to – I mean, he he's had some pretty good primetime numbers, and last week wasn't so great, so he needs to redeem himself. It wasn't even his fault last week either, let's be real. If he th- no, it wasn't. If he it wasn't. One, but... How many did he have? If you throw for 150 in the first half and end with, like, 183 or however many he had, that's – Probably not your fault most times, but yeah, yeah, definitely. So that to the number that was one of mine. So I'm happy that I let you go first, but I'm gonna also stick on the offensive side of the ball. And if Keenan and Mike, if one of them doesn't play, then this pick is fucked. But Keenan and Mike will combine for 150 yards and two touchdowns Sunday on Sunday. Oh, I like that. 
That's getting creativity right there. Uh, fuck it. 175 and two touchdowns. Okay. No, nah, I'm gonna go one. Like I'm gonna go 150. I'll go 150. <laughs> uh, but just because I want your bull tape to come true, and then I thought in my head, well, then where's the other 200 yards gonna come from? But we'll go. Yeah, uh, it'll be committee. Committee. Okay. Yeah, but we'll go 152 touchdowns combined for Keenan and Mike. I think one of them. I think one of them will be like if if I were to predict it, I think Mike will have like five for like right around a hundred and Keenan will just be like the third down God and have like probably like nine receptions, but only like 50 something yards and a touchdown. So yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna go 150, two touchdowns for Keenan and Mike combined. And if one of them doesn't play, then I'm just rooting for the other one to get 150 and two touchdowns by themselves. So hey, shit. I mean, either way. Yeah. So that's that's my bold take. I like it. Man. I like how ours went hand in hand there. So we could both get them right. I hope we both get them right. But yeah. And if both of them do uh, end up being true, then there's a very good chance the Chargers win this game because, uh, I mean, you mentioned it earlier. You know, if we can't keep up with the offensive jugger- juggernaut that is Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, then they're just is almost slim to, to no chance at all. So, um, yeah, this is one of those matchups where you're going to, you're going to need all, you're gonna have to squeeze out every last drop of offensive firepower. So, um, good stuff. I like it. Those are great bold takes. Let's move on to the last part here and, uh, let's, let's get some predictions out, baby. And you can start this uh, round because me. Uh, I started fair. the bold take. So, Let's hear your prediction, and uh, yeah, let's hear your spin. So, I know you guys heard us last week on the pod, and I said that, you know, I'm not going to take the Chargers every single game, and I was kind of like on the brink of like, you know what, like this is going to be the last week that I will have faith in this team and take them. That was before Keenan Allen and Mike Williams started practicing. (laughs) So I, I love do it. have the Chargers in a massive upset and a prove it game for Justin yeah, Brandon Staley cool. and Co to pull it out at SoFi Stadium Sunday night. Final score 31 27. Ooh, 31 okay. 27 Chargers W and to be quite honest with you I wanted to pick the Chargers to win by more than a score. Like everything in my heart wants me to pick the Chargers to win by more by more than one score. Uh, you know, especially with the loss of McCole Hardman and most likely no Juju Schuster. Dude, I can't speak tonight. Juju Smith Schuster, but I just can't do it just because I know that this could definitely be a game that the Chargers get up by quite a bit using their fun new toys that they haven't had back in a few weeks now. And then Chiefs are just going to Chief, and Andy Reid is going to Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes is going to Patrick Mahomes. But I'm still going to go with the massive upset. I don't know. I wouldn't say massive. It's only a six-point spread. But You said 31-27? 31-27, Chargers. Um, I think that we are in control of this game for most of it. And then in, like, Charger fashion, Chiefs will get back in it. But I think at the end of the day, we're just going to we're going to have the weapons to do what the fuck we want to do. And primetime Herbert is so back, baby. So back. 
So that's what I'm All right. <laughs> You're going to laugh. You're 31 27. I'm going 30 27. And I think it's going to be, I think we're, who? I, I just get the feeling that this is going to 30 27 Chargers. Come on now. But I should, I should have clarified that. But yes, I, I think the Chargers, like, like I'm not, not losing hope. Uh, this early there's still a lot of football left um this is a massive game even if they drop this one um you know they're still in the driver's seat uh not in the driver's seat but just in control of their own destiny really um but man this is would be a huge win um especially if you can get some guys back and limit the injuries you know i think this entire locker room would be feeling like completely different at six and four and healthy guys back and not losing anyone else and feeling like you're gaining some momentum heading down the stretch. So I think this has the makings of being a game of the year candidate. Obviously what we saw last week in, in Buffalo was some crazy ass shit. I don't know if we'll see that level of crazy, but I think it's going to be blow for blow uh, first half, second half. And I think eventually it's Dick or the kicker. Game winner, I, I think. Why not add to the add to the legend that is uh, Cameron Dicker? And you know, Chargers get a big turnover late. Chiefs are driving, and it's tied. They're on the verge of kicking their own game winner, and there's a big turnover. Big turnover. Mike Heat of the game comes true, and we march down the field, get in field goal range, run the clock down, kick it, and go home happy. I, dude, if there was like odds, there probably is in Vegas. If there were odds on like whether or not like games will go into OT, I would put down some money on this game going to OT just because it's Chiefs Chargers, dude. It's always the last, was it the last two years and the last two times at SoFi? Like the only time they've ever played at SoFi, it's gone to, to overtime. Let's see, last year did, and then the year before it went to OT? Yeah, it did, because that was Justin yeah. Herbert's debut. Yeah, you're right. So, yeah. but And since Justin Herbert's been in the league, the Chiefs have yet to sweep the Chargers, and I think that we've seen more powerful Chiefs teams in the past, and I think that, shit, man, I think we're going to do some damage come Sunday night. And like I mentioned, I'm not going to be a homer and pick the Chargers to win every single game, but, like, just we're getting some we're, we should be getting some some guys back and i i feel really really good about sunday night so i do too i do too man um like i said it would be a huge huge win not only for the playoff race and and those implications but just a uh, momentum builder in in the right direction for the chargers especially if again they had they have to limit injuries this week they i mean really we haven't really talked on it a ton tonight, but you know the defensive line just being as thin as it is. Um, Chargers only picked up one guy this week. Uh, I believe I can't think of his name off the top of my head uh, from the Eagles or Browns. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Fuck. Um, on the Falcons for a while, and then was on the Browns. What's his name? I'm I don't have it pulled. I don't have it in front of me. I'm looking. Well, fuck if my Twitter would work. Um, but yeah, D lineman. Um, too bad Sue got picked up today. That kind of blows, dude. That's that's who I really wanted them to. I mean, to pick up Nebraska fans, obviously. Uh, Tyler Davison. 
Yes. So, I mean, even with him, I, it, they're still going to be super thin at D, D line, interior D line. And that makes me not feel that great, but um, they have to limit any other big, big injuries because if they don't, then getting this couple of guys back just doesn't like, like you said, you know, uh, soul for a soul. So it, it doesn't mean a whole lot if they keep continuing to lose guys, but at least for this matchup, it's, it's trending in the right direction. So that's, that's exciting. And yeah, man, I, at the end of the day, I think the chargers battle scrap and find a way to get to six and four. Yeah, I, I think, I think so too. One last point, just now that you brought up D line is the chiefs, the chiefs run game is pretty much non-existent. So they're a very one dimensional offense. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is buns. So it's a lot is going to be on the backs of our DBs come this weekend, but if anyone's up to the test, it's Brandon Staley yeah. and that defense. So we shall see come Sunday night, man. Um, any last thoughts before we hop out of here? Bolt gang or don't bang, baby. Anytime, any place. So that's all I got. I love it. Go bolts. Well, you guys have just finished listening to episode number five zero number 50 of the chargers powder hour podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure to follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram at powder hour pod LA for all the latest news updates about the podcast. And of course our bolts bolt up. See you later.